Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the HVAC Joy Lab podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Shirk. This podcast focuses on creating more and more conversations about what optimizes life for an HVAC technician. My goal is to produce the most helpful content available for techs, full stop. Today, you're going to hear once again from trainer and health advocate for techs, Adam Kuhlman. Previous guest, Justin Freebairn, asked if we would do a podcast on knees, how to make them last and how to work through all the issues that techs have with their knees. Uh, and for you listeners, if you have topics that you would like to hear more about, go to operationslaboratory.com. Operations Laboratory is my technician recruiting company. And under the Connect tab, you can request a podcast topic. I'll do all I can to get you the best state-of-the-craft answers. Okay, let's get started. everybody welcome back to the hvac joy lab podcast dr john shirk here with my good friend adam kuhlman the trainer extraordinaire with uh, some good words today for us about knees uh, this is a uh, topic by request from a technician in indianapolis who said man i'd really love to hear more from adam on what his thoughts are about knees uh I, adam i just talked to a technician from sacramento california late last week it was early this week, but anyway, he said, I'm 42 and, uh, I had to, I had to take a different role in the company cause I just could not crawl around anymore. And, um, it's a very, yeah. very common problem for technicians. Um, a lot of repetitive use, a lot of hands and knees. Um, so Adam, just kind of, once you start with, give us a little overview of your thoughts about this. Yeah. So very good question, John. And thank you for having me back on again, man. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Absolutely. Love giving your audience some good tips and good information on how to live a life, a better life. We'll just put it that way. That's right. Um, you know, you can approach the the whole knee topic in a thousand different ways. You know I mean, I was just telling you that um, before the podcast started. But when it comes to when it comes to the HVAC techs and what it is that they do on a daily basis, there are specific things that we can look at. And there are specific things that are that are within their control to change, if that makes sense. Yeah. So. If I were to say, like, if I could guess the best that I possibly can without being an HVAC tech myself, like there's about five to seven different ways that you can cause or have knee pain issues based on the job that you're that you have. So the very first one, very obvious one, repetitive movements. So that's the kneeling, that's the squatting, that's the crawling, that's the climbing, that's the twisting around and pivoting and all that crazy stuff, you know? Yep. Second one that I would say also lends to it would be incorrect biomechanics due to muscular deficiencies, if that makes ah, sense. Sure. If I could dive into that for just a second, what that yeah. what I would say for that is like, you know, the 
think about one of those earlier podcasts that we did where there's always a reciprocal to the main muscle group that you have. So like your bicep, the reciprocal to that is your tricep, right? Biceps will flex the arm, triceps will extend it. When you think about your knees, specifically the muscular complex above your knees, your quadriceps, and on the opposite side, you have your hamstrings and also your glute, um, gluteus maximus and gluteus minimus. Um, a lot of times in today's world, we have very overactive quads. We'll just put it that way. Very mm -hmm. underactive hamstrings, very underactive glutes. Your body needs these muscular relationships to be in harmony with each other and that one isn't overdeveloped over the other, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. What does happen though, when you have a job where you have a lot of manual labor, but then you also combine that with a society that's very sedentary when you're not doing manual labor, you get very quad dominant, but you get very glute and hamstring inactive, if that makes Interesting. sense. Interesting. Yeah. So you're getting a muscular group that has four muscles to its structure, hence the reason why it's called quads, right? And then you have everything on the other side, which is a little bit weak. So you're having um, a biomechanical relationship there that is a little bit overpowering from one muscle group, and the other group cannot compensate for that. What happens then, without a lot of um, medical jargon, is that you start getting more strain on structures than it should be. And what I mean by specific structure is your patella tendon. You know what I mean? It's that massive tendon that stretches all the way over your knee and attaches more to the bottom of your knee, more in the shin area, so on and so forth. And your quads all attach into that tendon. So when they're pulling so hard and they're very overactive and everything on the opposite side is very inactive, you're getting a lot of strain on that tendon. And you're getting a lot more tension in there as well. And then based on those quadricep muscles, if you have one quad part of that quadricep muscle complex that's more developed or more tight than the other, and start pulling that tendon over to the left or to the right, and it can start tracking them properly over your knee. You can get knee pain that way. So that's just kind of a, I know it's a little bit of an in-depth example, but that's what I mean by uh, muscular deficiency yeah. and biomechanics being altered because of that, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, yeah thank you. Another one that's very common is just not wearing any knee protection when you're on the job, specifically when you're kneeling, because you have the entire weight of your body resting on your knees and your kneecaps, and you have something in there called bursa sacs. They're also, they're little fluid filled sacs that help cushion the friction. We'll just say that when you're moving, when you're constantly repetitively putting you know pressure on your kneecap, which is putting pressure on the bursa sac, those can burst or those can get inflamed. And then you're going to start feeling like you have a bubble in your knee. Mm -hmm. um, I've had that happen many times before because I, when I would stretch back in the day doing some stretches, I would always be stretching, you know, kneeling on a kneecap and you do that day in and day out, you start getting bursitis, so on and so forth. So uh -huh. you got some, some things going on there. Okay. I would say down more towards the foundational part of your body being your feet, you can have excessive pronation. What we would call in the real world is flat feet. I don't know if you've seen that, John, before where you see someone's feet and they're just like squished in towards the arch part, right? Mm -hmm. And their ankles are kind of rolling in, so on and so forth. That changes the entire biomechanic chain from the feet all the way up to your knees, up to your hips. And what that can cause is an internal rotation of your knees and an internal rotation of your hips. And then you have your biomechanics completely out of whack. You start, you start wearing parts of your knees and your hips in places that they shouldn't be. So on and so mm. forth. So you get knee pain from there. Um, another one I would say is like, uh, I call this, well, most people call it this um, IT band syndrome. So you have an IT band that runs on the side of your leg 
a lot of runners have this, but I also see it on like a lot of manual labor jobs too, when you're walking a lot, you know what I mean? This is an IT band. It tends to get tight with a lot of repetitive walking and running. So you can see that commonly on the job as well for people who are, you know, HVAC techs, you can see it a lot for um, nurses who walk around a lot throughout the day as well. Doctors, so on and so forth. It's very common in jobs where you're walking in on your feet a lot. That can cause the knee, um, kneecap to track improperly and also the um, patella tendon to track improperly, causing knee pain as well. So that's okay. a little bit of a crazy one. And then I would say I also kind of did cover bursitis a little bit already, but bursitis is definitely one that you can get. And then patellofemoral pain syndrome. This is pain that happens around the kneecap due to overuse or muscular imbalances. So that one kind of encompasses a lot of the things that I was always already talking about. Okay. So yeah, I know it's a lot of different causes, but these seem to be the most applicable for this industry and for people sure. who are repetitively on their knees and walking and, you know, doing all yeah. sorts of type of stuff. So interesting. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. let's go back and talk about some of those. Now, the repetitive use one, I think mm -hmm. in general for a technician, um, there's going to be times where it's necessary to crawl around. Um, yep. It just it's part of the job. And so is there, you know, for the technician to ask, is there is there a way to reduce the amount that you have to um, mm. now that, you know, it just it all depends. You know, there's a realizing that every time you crawl a little bit it has a cumulative effect over time and so the, the less you can do it the longer they'll last basically and so mm -hmm. but but everybody knows if you're a tech in the field you're going to have to crawl around and so just being aware of that if you can avoid it do it um it just it's it's sort of like saving money in a bank account the less you spend it the longer it'll be there and at some point in everybody's but everybody's body's a little different but everybody has this issue and eventually everybody's knees will eventually go out with repetitive use. And then mm -hmm. there's a, uh, you know, so just, just knowing that. Right. Yeah. But, absolutely. but for this next one, this business of the, the, uh, the glutes and the, uh, the, the, just the back of your legs, let's just say that yep. Um, yep. needing to be in balance with your quadriceps is fascinating. So can you give some recommendations for, I mean, is it basically, if you're at the gym, use those machines or like, what are the exercises to balance this out? Really good question, John. So on this one, when it comes to having a certain muscular complex that is overactive and other ones, you know, not as active as they should be, the best way to inhibit that and then strengthen the other ones is basically you're stretching your quads or foam rolling the quads. So that's going to start inhibiting them and telling them to chill out, relax, and also elongate themselves a little bit. So that way there's more, there's more give, if that yeah. makes sense. It's not okay. pulling constantly on the tendon. It's relaxing a little bit more, allowing more pull or give on that tendon. And then you want to, obviously on the opposite end, you want to strengthen those muscles. You want to wake them up. You want to start creating more of those neurological connections saying, Hey, I need you to wake up. I need you to fire a lot more often. I need you to stay more tense a lot more often. I need you to start doing, pulling your weight, basically. We'll just put it that way. So easiest way always is to go to the gym and do things that would strengthen the back of those legs. So obvious one right, uh, right away off the bat to isolate the hamstrings is like a lying leg curl. A lot of other gyms also have a standing leg curl machine, which is phenomenal. And then also to strengthen the glutes, good old fashioned glute bridges are phenomenal for that. There is really 
they've been doing a lot of studies lately because it seems to be all the rage for women these days to be doing a lot of glute bridges to grow the booty. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and because of the popularity, they're doing a lot of studies on it now. And they're finding that, um, that glute bridges are one of the most effective exercises you can ever do to grow, activate and strengthen the glutes. So for most people out there who don't know what that looks like, I'm honestly just going to point them in the direction of YouTube because there's a thousand great okay. examples on there. Brett Contreras is a phenomenal guy. He is called like the glute, the glute king. We'll just call it that way. He, he has trained the who's who in the world for glutes. And it's mostly ladies. We'll just put it that way. But he has phenomenal instructional videos on how to do a proper glute bridge because there is some great mechanics that go into that tilting your pelvis in a certain way, activating the glutes in a certain way. But yeah. I would say for most people, if you can't get into the gym, we'll just put it this way. You can do glute bridges at home with body weight. You know what I mean? You yeah. lay down on the floor, put your feet up in a 90 degree angle, and you just squeeze your butt cheeks together and bridge up off the floor. Yeah. Um, if you need to do any strengthening exercises at home for the hamstrings, you can go get one of those giant bands, really thick ones. A lot of CrossFitters use these bands. You can find them on Amazon. And all you got to do is anchor that band to something behind you, like a, you know, like the foot of your bed, or I don't know if you have something really heavy, you can anchor it, wrap it around your ankles, lay down flat on your chest, and then just curl your legs back towards your butt. That's the easiest way you can do it when you're at home. So yeah, there you go. I would, and I would say too, if you go to the gym, I actually did this with the, I go to a planet fitness here in Homa where I live and, um, and they're not really trainers, but they're still there and they, they know about the equipment. And I just said, it wasn't for this reason, but I just said, tell me everything in the building that I can use for my glutes and my hamstrings. And, uh, and they, they showed me stuff I didn't even know was in the gym. And there was a section of the gym that was sort of like, I think that's sort of supposed to be a little bit like the lady section or something. I don't, I don't know, mm -hmm. but yep. it has, they have like four machines where you sit and you just squeeze your legs together like that one. Yes. Yeah, uh -huh, the abduction and adduction. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well then at yep. the back of that area, they had a glute machine where you just stand on one leg and it's like, you're doing like the motion you would do with push-ups with your arms. You do it one leg at a time in this machine. And then man, does it give you a workout? Yep. And then, um, but then they showed <laughs> me other stuff, you know, like, you know, these, you know, the, the classic quadricep machine in the gym, everybody's seen that where you, it's just a curl machine where you're pulling your, your heels back to your body, sitting up and, you know, pulling the weight up that way. But if you, if you use a gym, just go in and ask, just say, look, this is, I'm trying to work these areas. What have you got? And yeah. they'll probably show you some things you didn't know were there. Absolutely. Trainers are always more than willing to help out with us, uh, stuff like that. All you got to do is ask. Don't, don't think of them as scary people that they're always right there to want to help. Trust yep. me, I used to be one in those gyms. <laughs> I wanted to help. <laughs> so, okay, yep. so let's let's move on now to the issue of knee pads. Um, mm -hmm. I suspected we were going to get going to get to this topic. Um, now, on this one, I'm just going to say, technicians, you guys are listening. I know you guys have a lot of stuff to carry around. It's very valuable to use the knee pads. Um, mm -hmm. I know you're up in the attic. I know you're outside where it's dirty, the, but y'all, these knee pads will save your knees. I mean, they just will. Um, and then, you know, I don't know that much about knee pads. I don't know if you do either, Adam, but like, like what features of a knee, of a knee pad that, you know, when we're, what we're talking about with knee pads, we're not talking about things like elastic wraps. We're talking about a hard shell, uh, you know, something like you would see somebody who lays carpet, you know, putting on yeah. their knees, 
straps around top above and below the knee. And when you're kneeling on it, the, the it's cushioning you and it's got a hard edge handling the floor or the ground or the concrete mm -hmm. or whatever. Right. Yep. So absolutely. I think that the technique around knee pads, I think, I think there's a lot of stuff around knee pads that um, is not fancy and not technical. It just comes down to, am I really going to use them? Am I really going to carry them around with everything else? You know, it's, and I guess what we're just saying here is gentlemen, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Take, mm -hmm. take the, put them on. Even if you, even if it feels like you're not kneeling for very long, keep them in your tool bag, put them on, use them because the day will come when that accumulative use will add up. And if you don't use them, you may say, oh, shoot, I don't feel it anyway. It doesn't really matter right now, but it will someday. It will someday. Yeah. My friend out in Sacramento who had to take a different job inside the company, didn't leave the company, but had to take a different job because he could not crawl around anymore. And he was only 42. So, yeah. you know, that it's it's just about taking care of yourself. And, you know, don't try to be macho about it. Don't try to be, you know, no, it just takes too long. Or I, I got to go back to the truck and get them or whatever. Use them use them yeah use them every time mm -hmm. in this case i think the the saying um an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure there you go in this instance because you know when it comes to those things it seems like so small but it is something that literally will save you because i mean john in my career i've trained a lot of people who have had knee replacement surgery you don't want to have it if you don't have to if you can avoid it we'll just yeah. put it that way you know what i mean because it is something that's pretty extensive you know, you are putting something artificial back in that spot and you're hoping that it's going to perform well. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of trauma that happens to the surrounding tissues and muscles when you do a knee replacement surgery. So for anybody who does the knee, um, you know, that knee protective gear, just make sure it fits well and it has a tight fit. You know what I mean? Because the last thing you want is for that to go sliding around or you're doing right. something heavy, whatever it is. And, you know, your your kneecap slides out of there, whatever it may be. You, it. It, it is not common, but I have heard of some people who do not have proper knee sleeves or knee wear or whatever it is to dislocate a, a kneecap. If they're under doing a heavy load or they're twisting while they're on their knees or just it's not fitting well and it just slides over and it, it, like your, your kneecap gets like caught in a groove, but your knee is still going that way. You know what I mean? It's just not something you want to happen. So just make sure you get ones that fit the absolute best and stay tight on your legs yeah. when you're using them. And this is a classic example, guys, of spend the money and get the good stuff right yeah this is the 100 this is so i i know you guys i know you guys there's so many things that you're like ah do i don't really need it i'm not worried about it i'm fine but th the problem is that once you get to a certain point you can't back out of it you can't mm -hmm. once your knees get to a certain point i mean there's surgeries there's certain certain things you can do to help but once they're used up you can't sort of undo that and so yeah. you need to use this stuff before it feels painful to be on your knees. And then, mm -hmm. I mean, of course, also after, but, it, you know, extend that time when it feels like, oh, I don't need these. I can crawl around. Use them then, not when it hurts later. Absolutely. Absolutely. Prevention. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so um, talk a little bit more about uh, the IT band. We we say more about that. Mm hmm. So. How should I put this? The IT band is a giant band of tissue that's located on the outside of your, on the outside of both legs. We'll just put okay. it that way. So 
if you look at your legs right now, you're looking at your quads and then just kind of look more towards the outside. It's kind of where the separation between your quads and your hamstrings will be. So yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a band of tissue that's meant for a lot of stability. You know what I mean? It helps with stabilization of the, of the legs. If you get it, if it's doing its job, it'll help your knees track exactly how they're supposed to. They won't internally rotate. They won't externally rotate too much. If that makes sense. Yeah. Now, as you're walking repetitively a lot throughout the day, those bands on the side of your legs are helping your knees track properly, but they're being used a lot. If that makes sense. So sometimes there's a lot of repetitive trauma there. And what they'll do is they'll start to get tight over time. A lot of times when, you know, fascia, we'll just put it this way, gets repetitively used over time. It, it tends to get a little bit angry with that. We'll just put it that way. And it can get tight. It can get irritated. It can get inflamed. Once that happens, it can start pulling more in one direction than it should. And what happens is you start getting improper tracking of the kneecap and also the tendons in that area as well. And then once that happens, then you're going to get those pain receptors saying, look, this, this kneecap shouldn't even be over here right now. Like it needs to be tracking more straight over the knee, so on and so forth. So it can pull on your knees in a, in a direction that's not proper for the biomechanics of your body. Yeah. Um, so for this one, the easiest way that you can actually mitigate that is I'm going to go again back to foam rolling. You literally lay the side of your leg over on that foam roller and you go back and forth. Never, never go up above where, you know, your hip is and all that kind of stuff. I mean, when you're foam rolling, you're going to feel your hip joint. Never go above that. Of course, never go below the knee. Stay in there. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I've never reduced more clients to tears than when I put them on the IT band or foam roll the IT band. We'll just put it mm. that way. It can be very, very painful, especially if your IT band is very tight. So I would recommend for people, if you're going to do that, just put gentle pressure on that foam roller. Don't try and lay your entire body up on the foam roller, up on your IT band, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So just slowly foam roll it back and forth. The more you foam roll something, the better it gets, the less pain you're going to have. It's always going to be the most painful at the end. And then it just kind of just drops off after a while, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. good that's thing. good. That's good advice. And which is another piece of the puzzle here. Let's just talk about foam rollers for a minute. Like oh, yeah. The, so if you can describe a good foam roller. So I would say if you're just starting out and never done it and you know, your, um, you know, your muscles and the structures are tight, I would say just a good flat foam roller, one that's about at least two to three inches wide. If you can, Amazon has great ones. Amazon basics has like uh, the one I actually have in my home is 36 inches uh, wide just a standard um, diameter um, and it's just flat. And then what you do is obviously you're just doing your foam roll routine on so on and so forth. If you need more pressure, if you need more concentrated pressure, if you need, you know, to get deeper into that fascia, you can get foam rollers that have ridges on them that have bumps on them. They look like little mountains everywhere on there. Mm -hmm. And then what that does is it reduces the surface area that make, that is making contact with your, your fascia but you still have the same amount of pressure. So you're putting more pressure in one tiny little area and it's able to get deeper into your fascia, if that makes sense. Yeah. So oh, go ahead, John. What's what, up? what do you, what do you think of the ones that also like massage vibrate? Like, is that, yes, a... I was about to, I was about to get to that. That's like the, the, the ultra platinum amazing versions okay. on those ones. But yeah, those are great because then also that vibration frequency can help relax the muscle in those moments when you're trying to get it to relax you know what i mean because yeah. initially there's that pain response the muscle will try to tense up a little bit but then eventually it'll relax and let go the vibrations in there really help that that process get established early on so that when you are foam rolling 
you're doing a lot more with the time that you're putting into it, if that makes sense. So the vibration ones are phenomenal. They are, if you can't yeah. get them, like the ultra athletes out there have those. Like I, I did meet a, a, a group of Olympic athletes one time in Arizona. Um, this is at a elite training facility or whatever. And like, literally I was, I walked right in on their um, warm up and stretching routine. Every single one of them had a vibrating foam roller. You know what I mean? Like they were all in the corner, they were plugged in took them out and they were all doing the it bands they were working on the back of their hamstrings um they were working on the back of their their calves i believe um i can't remember what team they were but it was a very very active team that was using their legs a lot so ultimately at the end of the day that is the perfect one that you can get if you ever can so yeah actually i do have one of those myself and i use it nice i, I got it because uh, i like to do my cardio uh, on a treadmill or running outside and mm -hmm. i found that because i'm I'm lost a lot of weight, but I'm still, still plenty heavy. And I, I found that, uh, my lower back and my hips were getting stiff, uh, after I, uh, worked out. So yes. I got this, uh, vibrating roller and I, for me, I use it on my, my lower back and my hip flexors when, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and I, and I, I, I don't get a lot of pain. It's just soreness kind of tightness. So I just lay right on it and, you know, I put it under my yeah. back and going to roll it up and down with my, you know, with it between me and the floor and then mm -hmm. use, do the same thing on my hips and use it to just kind of, you know, loosen that up. So I can Perfect, testify yeah. to the, the vibrating ones work very well. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely, man. There's going to be a lot more brands out there too. I, I, I know hyper ice used to be like the OG brand with that. Um, they have like the, uh, oh, what is it? The, the, uh, the Hypervolt is like the the percussion massage device that they use and everything. But they there's a lot of good ones too. There's also, um, now that I think about it, there's also um, a ball that they have mm -hmm. as well. There's a lot of vibrating um, ball that they have that can, it really reduces that surface area so you can get even deeper with the, with the ball, so on and so forth. That mm -hmm. one really works well when you have structures in the back, like your back, your shoulders. You put it up against the wall, really like push oh, yourself yeah, into it, yeah, all that, that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's hard with the foam roller to hit every single muscle that you need to. So if you ever need like more of a smaller structure, like a ball, balls are perfect for that. So hmm. yeah, very good stuff, John. Good okay, stuff. so let's let's go. Let's move down the body and talk about those flat feet. Um, yes, is mm -hmm. this how corrective is correctable? Is this with just different footwear or inserts? So this one. How should I say this? Like if you do like corrective footwear inserts, shoes that, you know, can try and a little bit correct that a little bit. Um, that's a very good start. We'll just put it that way. It's a very, very good start. If you ever can, but it's hard because this is a little bit more hands on. But if you ever can, like this can be corrected muscular wise as well. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because like there's there's parts of people's muscular complex in the calf muscle um, specifically where. There's muscles that are responsible for pulling your foot one direction. There's muscles responsible for pulling your, your foot in the other direction. Like if they're flat or if they're high arches, we'll just put it that way, right? The, the muscles that are responsible for pulling that arch up are incredibly weak in people who have very flat feet. That's why their feet just collapse in, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you can correct that, but it, it it's almost like a physical therapy type, type of correction, John, to be honest with you. Like you need yeah. to be with someone who can actually like tell you exactly how to correct it, exactly what muscles to target, what bands to use, so on and so forth. But it is correctable in that way. I would say though, the best place to start is with, you know, those inserts, 
good shoes, so on and so forth. My brother-in-law suffers from this like crazy. I've never seen flat feet worse than his. And he's got, of course, knee pain, <laughs> hip pain, yeah. all sorts of stuff. But I do always encourage him to wear those corrective shoes, to wear those corrective insoles. And when he does, the pain is usually cut in half, at least when he does that. You know what I mean, I could probably get him to almost 90% not feeling any pain if I was to do more, a lot more, like more hands-on stuff with him, like a, th- a physical therapy approach. But if you can get those corrective um, inserts, get those corrective shoes. And then if you ever do want to try and correct them more muscular wise, get the structures in your legs properly. I would say there's, there are actually plenty of YouTube videos out now that do show how to do that properly and what equipment you need, where you should feel it, what you should try, how to manipulate your foot to get it that way. So Mm -hmm. that one's kind of hard to always describe on a podcast, but it is actually one of the most impactful. If you're, feet are not tracking properly if they're pronating way too much you guys that right there can be the sole source of your knee pain 100 yep well and you've i'm sure technicians listening you've heard me say it before but footwear is another area where you should spend some money i mean i know you're looking at new boots probably every six months the you know the the it's just like running shoes the interior structure of the the shoe eventually breaks down and stops doing what the shoe is supposed to do. And yeah. so then you end up with sore feet, sore legs, sore knees, sore back. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. here again, I hopefully you work for an employer that gives you a boot allowance. Uh, several of my clients do that. So, but it, even if not, it's just where to prioritize. And, and I'll mm-hmm. add to this as well that, um, again, forgive me for repeating myself, but boots, knee pads, foam rollers, all of this is stuff to be doing before you have the pain. Yes. Right? That's because once you start having the pain, you're deeper into the whole thing and you could do some, do some things to relieve the pain, but you can prevent it in the first place. If you, if you take care of yourself this way and mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it's not as much money as it looks like. I mean, it, you, the, like the rollers and the stuff we're not, you know, the boots is the most expensive thing we've talked about today. And that, and, it's just worth it. I mean, your most important tool is your body. And so you have to take care of it. And it's, it would, your, your body will do to you just what your tools will do to you. If you treat them badly, they will wear out faster. Right. Mm-hmm. It, you know, that it just is what it is. Absolutely. So yeah. love um, that. So, yeah. So any last uh, advice for, for the guys about knees? I would say, honestly, just, just think of your, your body, like you would the foundation of a home, you know what I mean? Start from the ground up, right? In order, if you have a good home, you have a good foundation. The good foundation for your body is your feet. And then you keep moving on up there. If, if the feet are messed up, the ankles are going to be messed up. The knees are going to be messed up. Hips are going to be messed up. Lower back's going to be messed up and everything above that. So start with the feet. Get some good footwear. Mm-hmm. Get some good knee pads when you're on those knees all the time. And then, you know, get some... And then, and then, you know what, start paying more attention to your body. Do you yeah. feel like your quads are very, very strong and you're like, you know, I don't feel my, my hamstrings at all. Like if you're sitting down in a chair, if you can't squeeze one butt cheek and the other butt cheek, you just can't feel that. Then you know that you have almost no neurological connections to those structures. And absolutely they are already unactive or underactive. We'll just put yeah. it that way. So yeah. I would say work on those feet. Start researching some ways to move your body and strengthening those muscular structures that need to be woken up so that they can start doing their job. You know what I mean? It's like uh, 
I don't know, John, if I could compare it to something in the field, like, you know, it's like one part of the, I don't know, one part of the coils is working and the other part isn't, you know what I mean? Like yeah, the outside part is, yeah. is, is not getting circulation, but the inside part is, is, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm probably butchering that y'all. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll stick to health coaching over here, <laughs> but I'm trying to, you know, at the end of the day, you just got to have all the components working together as they should. If yep. one gets out of whack, it throws the whole system out of whack. And then what happens is you get that pain. That pain is like the check engine light. Don't just rip it out. Figure out what's going on. Figure yep. out the upstream stuff. Don't just deal with it downstream. You know what I mean? If you get knee pain and you're popping a leave or Tylenol, that's not a long-term solution. It's yep. just masking over the symptoms. We don't want to do the masking of the symptoms. We want to figure out what's going on. The feet are flat. Cool. Let's fix that. You know, if the glutes are inactive or, you know, overactive, whatever it may be, let's fix that. Let's strengthen it up. It takes a little bit of time. takes a little bit of dedication, but it's your body. You don't, you don't get one more than this. You don't respawn. This isn't like a video game. You're not respawning. Yeah. It's, it's not going to come back um, brand new and healthy again. So that's yeah, right. that's my parting advice. Just work on it and be as smart and in tune with your body as you possibly can. Yep. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent, Adam. All right. Well, listen, y'all, yeah. I hope you got some good stuff about knees today. A uh, little bit of preaching, which I don't mind, and uh, some good information as well. So, uh, Adam, thanks again for being with us. Um, Absolutely. And we will see you all next time. A good life is had at the HVAC Joy Lab.